0: This is CrimeFiction.fm, where we bring you today's best mysteries, thrillers, and suspense novels. I'm your host, Stephen Campbell, and I'm here today with Catherine Pincus, the author of Long Hill Home. Catherine, welcome.
1: Thank you. Good to be here. Tell
0: us a little bit about your book, Long Hill Home.
1: Long Hill Home is a thriller about a crime that links the lives of three people who are strangers the victim, a reluctant witness, and a good Samaritan who gets involved in the rescue and is falsely accused of the crime and imprisoned. Uh, it's a book about a crime and about the legal process that ensues, but is really about much bigger issues in our society. Uh, it's about how we should treat each other, how we should judge each other based on character and not what people look like and what not what kind of money they have not how they dress and not what their skin color is i really um... hope that people find it entertaining it is suspenseful it is being described by reviewers as a page turner a book they can't put down and that was what i was going for in the entertainment factor um, but they're also talking about it being an emotional read and thought provoking and that was the other thing i really hope to accomplish and that is to get people thinking about issues in our society.
0: I read the book over the weekend and I really enjoyed it. You, you certainly accomplished the page turning part of it and it was very thoughtful. I, I just found myself stopping and trying to figure out what's actually going on here because it, it starts with a crime. Like most crime fiction novels, it starts with a crime and then it bounces over to another person and then to a third person. And it takes us a little while to, to figure out how everything is interrelated and the way that they – all three people come from different backgrounds, different social strata, uh, yet they all live fairly closely together. Is, is this something when, – when you started writing the book, did you have these broad themes in mind or were you just writing a crime novel?
1: I actually had just quit practicing law, where I worked about sixty hours a week writing briefs <laughs> and position statements, and I really missed the writing process. Mm-hmm. But I was really busy with uh, pro bono law and and some other volunteer activity, uh, working on a board for a nonprofit and, and some other things. So the only time I ever was quote unquote writing was inadvertent at first, and it was during my morning run. Every ro- morning I run for about an hour, and I started to have this story reverberating in my brain as I ran through the wooded trails down by the Brennan river and down by the, the mill where the, the book actually takes place and where the attack occurs in the beginning of the book. Mm-hmm. So I would say I didn't really have a plan. Um, in it's inception. It just kept growing as I ran every morning. And then as I found some time, I would type the story and it just developed over time. I every time I went running, and every time I had a moment, I had to flesh out these characters. And i, I, I they all had an adverse path, um, but they had to get through it both individually and together. And I really felt almost like I had to finish the story. I had to bring them home. It was really almost a compulsion after a while. So I would say no forethought in the beginning, honestly. Uh, that's how it developed, and that's why I think it's... Uh, it introduces each character separately and gives you background on them so that you can have real empathy for them as they go through their ordeal.
0: You mentioned the idea of home, of bringing the characters home, and, and home is another theme that, that kind of runs through the novel. And I, I talk to authors who say things like, I didn't really realize it had a theme until the end. Is, is that, it sounds like it's almost the case with you, that you didn't have that theme of home in, until maybe you were bringing them home.
1: That's exactly how it happened. I mean, the story, again, evolved as this kernel of fear that most single women have when they're running in the Mm -hmm. woods. And it evolved, and at at the end of the story, I realized it's about, about... People trying to find their way in life to a place of love and security and, and of maybe fulfillment, and, and that's what these three characters are all looking for. And of course, they have this horrible event happen, um, which which sidetracks them and, and, and makes it very difficult. But that's that's why the the book is called Long Hill Home. It's both a symbol. In the beginning of the book, she's about to ascend her Long Hill Home at the end of her run, right before she gets attacked. And it's also uh, sort of a, a reference to the the adversity and the path that these people all have to travel before they get to that place of love and security.
0: Now, I have to, I have to say, as you're running through these trails and building this story in your mind, how are you not terrified? <laughs>
1: Uh, I actually I take measures. Uh, okay. I, when I was younger, I used to run probably a little bit more risky as far as timing uh-huh. and location. But yeah, I do have a big dog. First <laughs> okay, of all. all right. <laughs> I I am safe. I run with friends, or I run with my husband. I run with a dog, or I run on a, a well traveled path.
0: This is your first book. What was it like to get the to get the call saying that we've sold the book?
1: I developed a manuscript over time. And when it was almost complete, I didn't quite know what to do with it. I actually uh, attended a, a dinner for the Delaware Bar Association and Scott Turow, the author, spoke at that dinner. Mm-hmm. And I was so inspired when I left by his story and how he began and and how, you know, the odds were sort of against you as the debut novelist. And, and, and anyway, I went home and I started to do some research and I started to pitch my book and... Fortunately, uh, there was a long and complicated path that I won't bore you with, but Kohler Books was interested, and they have an emerging author program that I fit into perfectly. Okay. So I was thrilled when they called me, and and John Kohler left traditional publishing, and his head editor, Joe Caccaro, a brilliant editor. It was an extremely painful process of editing, and a a wonderful one.
0: (laughs) Well, painful in what way, and wonderful in what way?
1: Uh, Well, first they— they accepted a manuscript. They were thrilled to go forward. It's a genre they love, but they mm-hmm. told me it was 125,000 words, and that it needed to be about 85,000. Right. So my first chore was to go back, and I was grateful that they let me do this, and parse out the 40,000 words that were sort of maybe weighing down the, the pacing of the story, on uh, um, things of that nature. So then when they got back the trimmed 85,000-word manuscript, uh, Joe Kakar got back to me, Um, and we with a black line version, and we went back and forth on each point, and he was wonderful because he definitely listened to me. I I completely listened to him because he's got wonderful experience and insight, and it was a collaborative process, but it was long days, and it was – um, a learning process for me as well, and, but it was a wonderful process. At the end of it, I felt like this was a much better product, and um, I think we both felt that way. And we, we both had to yield a little bit to each other, and we learned a lot from each other.
0: <laughs> you never hear anyone say that I spent a lot of time working with my editor and the book came out worse, because those those people know what they're doing.
1: Oh, they sure do, <laughs> and I loved his his manner, too. He was, he was ready to work hard, and he I'm sure he knew more than I did about editing, but he was also willing to listen to me about perhaps legal procedure or some other thing that I was fighting to keep or not to change. Um, So it really worked out well.
0: So we all have these ideas that when we publish a book, this is going to happen or that's going to happen, or there are things that we're looking forward to, whether it be signing our first book for someone or reading that first review. What what's been the best part of it for you?
1: Um, I would say I've had a very positive response, and, and I, I was obviously—I think every author is frightened by how people are going to react, both both readers buying the book and professional reviewers, and and that that is the best. I have to say that's the best development because once that starts to build and people talking to you in the community or professional book bloggers, or people writing articles about you in the newspaper, when they're positive, that feels really good. Mm-hmm. And you know that it doesn't have to go that way. <laughs> and um, so that was that was the best surprise, or I would say um, development. I, I, hopefully I wasn't too surprised. Um, and I, I love the fact that I can engage with people um, everywhere I go in our community. The book is, is again, written in my town, I could go to the dog park or the supermarket or take my kids to the doctor and the person there tells me they've read the book, and that's just a lovely feeling. Um, so I just I find it when I'm sitting at a Barnes and & Noble and there's people there who want me to sign their book, I still have a moment where I think, why? Why would you want me to sign a book? <laughs> it's, a very, it's a very new phenomenon for me, and I, I am enjoying every minute of it. I really hope that I can parlay it into a, a pretty substantial following for the next book. And, 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 of course, you know, we haven't gotten to this, but each book I'm tying to a charity. And I, my goal ultimately is to really be supporting some charities along the way, too.
0: And I, I did want to get into that. So what's the charity that, that's benefiting from this first book?
1: Long Hill Home is going to benefit— 25% of my profits are going to go to the Newcastle County chapter of Habitat for Humanity. That's wonderful. So, Yes, I— this I'm sorry. It really is a
0: a sort of a community project for you. It's 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 written in the local community and a local charity is benefiting from the book.
1: This is yes, that's true. I tied the charity. Well, first of all, my parents have always volunteered for Habitat for Humanity mm-hmm. and they still do. So that was why I thought of it, but I wanted to tie it to a charity that has something to do with the theme of the book. And again, having a safe home can really change your life or the idea of home. Mm-hmm. And um I just uh, met with the executive director of the local chapter of Habitat, and he explained that to me again, how, how when they build housing in poor sections of Wilmington, for example, and families who are deemed deserving, and they have to apply, and they have to show merit and a commitment to the whole process, how it changes that family. It just transforms them. Their kids do better in school. Everyone's health gets better. Um, usually, the income and education level of the parents goes up. Families stay intact. It's and, the, and the communities usually can drive out or keep out crime. It's just amazing what home ownership can do for somebody who's working toward it but can never quite get there.
0: Mm-hmm. And it, it it has become so difficult, especially for younger younger people, to get there. It's it, housing gets more expensive so much faster than income rises and in our and our ability to save money.
1: Yes, I would agree. And, and again, it's just that little leg up some people need. And then, you know, especially when you find people who are working hard to do it, you know, and, and you look at the fabric of our society and people complaining in the media about how everything's unraveling. And sometimes it really is that much of a difference. just a little leg up to somebody. And, and, and then you have another stable unit in the community who can spread that stability and give back ultimately. And they can educate their children and just everything can change.
0: Well, I, I love the way that you're tying your writing to social causes. It's, it's, it's inspiring. What's the best way for people to keep up with your work, Catherine?
1: Well, I do have a website which has a blog, and that is www.catherinepincus.com, K-A-T-H-R-Y-N-P-I-N-C-U-S. And I am writing some pieces that are currently on book blogs. I wrote a book uh, article for Crime Thriller Hound, um, an article called "Inspired to Follow in Harper Lee's Footsteps," and that's comparing Long Hill Home to Harper Lee's *To Kill a Mockingbird*. Uh huh. Um, there's, you know, there's a book blog. There's some other things going on. I finally joined, uh, got on Twitter. Um, I'm on Facebook as well.
0: Okay, that is wonderful. I will link. I will link to your website in the show notes. I will link to the book in the show notes. Is there anything else in particular you'd like me to link to?
1: That would take care of it. My website has my Facebook link on it. And I'm also on Goodreads, of course, as is every author these days. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have an author profile there and I have an author profile on Amazon as well.
0: And your website is lovely. I would encourage people to go there. It's a beautifully done website, and you write some interesting things on the blog.
1: Well, thank you very much.
0: Thank you for taking the time to chat with us today. This is Stephen Campbell. You've been listening to CrimeFiction.fm. You can find us on iTunes, and you can find us on the web at www.CrimeFiction.fm, and that's .fm, not .com. Thanks for listening.